Welcome to the Team Keen podcast. Your access inside the Team Keen Junior Racing Program. This is Ken Creighton, chair of Team Keen, back on the podcast with Peter Haining. Hello, Peter. Hi, guys. Hi, Ken. Thank you for having me on again. Peter, we have some special guests tonight, and we also have a a very special subject. We have a story of adversity and recovery and powering through, and we have a very timely story about uh, an issue that's been on everybody's lips since about this time last year. Peter, when did you first hear about COVID? When did you, when was the first time you ever even heard about this virus? Um, when my wife brought it home from her doctor's practice to her family. Wow, and really? She was taken off at four o'clock in the morning when I was standing with two children watching the ambulance with blue lights take her oh away to the hospital. I didn't know that. She was positive. Hmm. Well, when was that? What month? Uh, that was March. That was March. Wow. Okay. So, and before then you didn't even, you hadn't, you know, Wuhan hadn't hit your... Newsfeed. Okay, uh, interesting. The really well, the weird thing was, Ken, that the Chinese had offered me a coaching job, and it's not too far from Wuhan, and it was to look after the boys' quad, wow, and the, the lightweight quad, and the Chinese um, Stephen Redgrave had came across. We'd done all the preliminary meetings, the salaries were sorted out, ready to go, and um, and then a GB coach came available, an Olympic current coach, Tomo. And he took the, he jumped up the ladder um, and took the whole post over and encompassed the lightweight program under his own women's coaching. So I, I, I skipped the bullet from ending up in Wuhan. <laughs> <laughs> being, being locked down, you would have been locked down. Yeah. Um, well, if you had traveled there about March or April, you would have gotten very, very cheap airfare. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, so let's, let's welcome our guest. So we have the Pabst family, and um, you're going to hear an accent that's very close to my heart. Um, we have some uh, Americans here, the Pabst family. So first of all, we have Nick Pabst. Hello, Nick. Hi, uh, thank you for having me. Um, I'm going to introduce you po- properly in a second. And we have Teresa Pabst. What? Hi. And um, Teresa is uh, is mom, and we have Jeff Pabst, who's dad. Hello. And the Pabst family has also had a very unique uh, rowing experience this year, which which was uh, COVID positive. Um, so not much of a rowing experience. And we're gonna we're gonna get back and get into that. But let's let's start with you, um, Nick. First of all, Nick. Um, Tell us a little bit about your your rowing journey to date with right. Team Keen. So I started rowing summer of 2018 through a camp uh, at Team Keen. Um, I really enjoyed it. It was a week long. It was great. Um, I had a lot of fun. And so I when the when the school year started, I joined uh, I joined the Learn to Row year long program that they have. After about a month, I was. I was moved into race group with my friend Leo and I've been rowing and having fun with it ever since then. And it's just been great, great experience, really good atmosphere and just all around good, good fun. Yeah. And so you're in year 11. 
Yes. So you're, are you 15 or 16? 15, almost 16. When is your birthday? Uh, December 15th. Okay, almost. So we're recording this at the end of November. So you're almost 16. Okay, so you're rowing along and you're in the performance group. Peter is your coach and you're yes. um, crushing. So you were in a quad that won the Hampton head yes. last year. Yes, I you're was. You're a champion sculling oarsman, Nick Pabst. <laughs> Yeah. How much um, can you squat, Nick? Uh, I don't actually know, to be honest. Um, a lot. I know you can a squat lot. a lot. A lot. I know you're strong. A lot. Okay. So take us to the events of a few weeks ago. Uh, what happened? Um, so I woke up the morning of Weybridge Silver Skulls, uh, felt a little bit under the weather, um, started getting ready, noticed I had a really, really bad cough. It like I was constantly, constantly coughing. Um, uh, so when I went down to have some breakfast before I went in the car to get to um, Weybridge, I mentioned it to my parents. And because it was such a consistent cough and because of the pandemic we're going through right now, they figured they'd take my temperature just to make sure I didn't spread spread any, any of the virus to anyone else. Um, it came back at 39 degrees Celsius and uh, I was put in self-isolation. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got uh, I got a po positive COVID test a few days later and yeah, I was stuck in my room for 23 days, I think, fighting, fighting the virus. I know that that morning, the morning of um, Silver Skulls, I was in my living room, getting my car keys ready to pick you up <laughs> to take you. And I got a text from the person on your left um, uh, from Teresa saying, uh, guess what? <laughs> um, so, so obviously you didn't come row that day. And then, so, 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 okay. So take us through, okay. So as you said, you, then you, a few days later, you tested positive. So you've, you've mm -hmm. had COVID. And so, now, okay. So, tell us about the the first week or so. What was your what was your experience? Um, it was a little weird at first. It to to be honest, for the first few days, it just felt like a very bad, very bad flu. Um, I had a little bit less taste and smell. I was, I felt very feverish, and um, I I mean, I had a cough as well, and I was very tired all of the time. Uh, so I just slept that first week. It didn't really really feel any different for the first part, any different than a a very bad virus, a very bad flu, flu or any other bacterial infection or anything that like that that you usually get. It was the the only main difference was that was that I was constantly constantly coughing. I would I would it would it wouldn't I would wake me my wake uh, sorry it would wake myself up. I would I would be revising or studying something and I'd just be coughing. I'd talk to someone and every every sentence they'd be be saying, I'd just interrupt them with these really hacking, horrible, horrible, horrible coughs. So but were you uncomfortable as well? Like as far as kind of like feeling um pain or nausea, or was it just tired and cough? But other than that, well, you were clear headed and uh, uh tired and cough and um yeah, I had did have a quite a bit of concentration issues so any any homework and stuff was a lot more effort than it usually would be um so 
yeah, I spent I spent quite a lot of time asleep or uh, just sitting doing low low uh, brain power activities. Okay, so now you you're you're at home and you yeah. have your mom and your dad and you have a sister and you're in your room. <laughs> so yeah. what, what did you do? Did, uh, did you like, did you put like plastic? So Teresa, like how do you know, how does this work? Give us the lowdown of how do you, okay. First of all, you've got three people and let's talk about spreading the virus. Cause I think you have a story to tell there, but yeah. So, so w- w- what's going through your mind at this point? Um, well, my mind was, okay, it's here. Great. Um, we always took the approach that it wasn't if it was going to happen, it was when it would hit the house. So we had stockpiled. So we had paracetamol, um, you know, expectorant, you know, cough syrup, like on hand, disposable mask, disposable gloves, the spirometer that you have to blow into, um, a blood oxygenation meter, um, even got a blood pressure reader. So we had like, we were ready when it hit in terms of kind of health wise. And then we were also ready from a cleaning standpoint of extra bacterial spray, lots of hand towels, lots of handy wipes, lots of hand sanitizer, because he needed it in his room and then we needed it everywhere. Um, And it was, so it was kind of the approach of, okay, well it's here, buckle down the hatches and get ready. Um, And we, we did. We swung into, I mean, we literally swung into action. We threw a mask on him, threw him to quarantine, and then just sanitized the house as fast as we could. Yeah. Um, and then when Jeff came down with it a week later, again, Fiona, my daughter was like, my God, mom, you haven't stopped for two hours. Cause all I was doing was wiping everything down, yeah. rewashing dishes, emptying drawers, that anything that Jeff could touch, I had to undo. She so had Jeff, to dad got it, but you yep. didn't get it, Teresa? No, I got, I got really tired. So I probably had some form of it most likely, yeah. but I couldn't go down. It was, um, yeah. the reality was if, if I went down, the, the daughter would have lost it and yeah. the ship was going down. Yeah, so yeah. there was no way I, and I did, I checked my temperature probably every four hours. In the first day I was checking it every hour um, and making sure I didn't have a fever never lost the sense of taste, any of that. So yeah, so from a household running, we we were ready. We just knew what we had to do. Um, and then, yeah, it was kind of just common sense. It was like, okay, well, Nick's quarantined in his room and we put Fiona, Jeff and I had to share a bathroom. And then, so he only had two areas he could go and all those had to be wiped down at all times. Gosh, um, yeah, I had to yeah, Nick had to wipe his hand you know, his handles and the light switches. And we did it pretty much, you know, morning, night type thing. And then, then it was a lot of mask wearing, and, you know, delivering food trays to Nick every morning, every lunch, doing meds, all that. So, so, so Nick, you were literally in your bedroom for how long? 23 days. Um, okay, no, hold on. Let me just be clear. So you left your bedroom just to go to the toilet for 23 yes. days. Um, yeah, that was basically wow. my life for 23 days. It was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it, I went a little bit crazy. Uh, no exercise was very hard. I mean, I couldn't obviously because I was sick, but not even going just a, a little walk around the house or anything. That Gosh. was really hard. I mean, that. Yeah. I mean, that's... 
I mean, that I, I, you know, just the kind of the mental toughness there is, is that's impressive, it, it, but also 23 days. So let me, and then Jeff, um, dad, you obviously were positive with this and had your experience, but you had a different experience than Nick and it wasn't 23 days. What was your experience? Clearly we're showing that the, the women in the Pap family are more robust than the men because they have failed or they, they, they <laughs> of getting it. Us Mom weekly, and daughter didn't catch it. We succumbed. Uh, yeah. So I think my experience was a lot like Nick's was initially it was, I mean, I guess the way I look at it now is at the time it was scary and a lot of uncertainty and anxiety written in the, in the currently we sort of as a family look at it is well that was quite you know boring and inconvenient because most of the time you're bored because you can't do anything and you don't remember the, the 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 difficulties and it just was super inconvenient but and and as Teresa said you know we were prepared for it and we probably went a little over the top, but I think that's actually the reason why Teresa and Fiona didn't get anything. Because you know, I've talked to a lot of other people I know that have gotten it, and then they take the isolation thing to say, okay, that person can't leave the house, but they roam about the house anyway, and other family members get it. And so yeah. <clears throat> we took we took the more, I guess, the more yeah, the more severe version of the guidelines but i went you know i went into a a spare room and then nick and i you know we sort of stayed in one section of the house and Teresa and fiona stayed in the other section of the house and we followed all the same guidelines and and one of the key things that we did early was we we started a whatsapp group between nick Teresa, and i which is called the covid helpline um (laughs) and so nick had his phone and if he needed something he would he would text he would send a message and if we wanted Nick to do something, we'd send a message. And the kind of rules about that were like, hey, if you're going to send it and it's urgent, say it's urgent. But if it's like not that urgent, let us know and we'll, we'll take care of it. Because you can't, you know, it's, it's one of those things that we realize you're in the same house, but you literally cannot talk to the person unless you go up and pound right. on the door. So right. technology was super helpful. Um, we, we did things like when Nick first went in, we procured a, a, a display for his room and... I wired the Xbox into his room to the display so he could actually play Xbox through the wall into his room so that, so when he, he needed time to just chill and be entertained, he could, but, but it also reduced the amount of exposure because the controller never left the room. Right. Um, right. A couple of things like that, but it was, it was really trying to be practical about what we could accomplish relative to the needs we had and recognize that, it wasn't just keeping him healthy and us healthy, but also like you mentioned, the mental stimulation, right? The, the, the mental health uh, element of this was something that was super front of mind for all of us. I can't hear you. Thanks. Um, gosh. Um, so then, so then 23 days. So there you are, as, as just described, you've, you've got your Xbox <laughs> controller coming through and you've got your helpline and your food order. And then, but so I guess 
you know, you know, Jeff got it and then recovered. And then if my math is right, Nick, you're still having recovered yourself, yeah. right? So yeah, yeah, he got it about, he got it about a week after I got it um, and got out 10 days later, almost. He, he, he was fine after about seven or eight days, no symptoms, nothing. So he was out pretty fast, but I stayed in for another week, two weeks. No week week mm -hmm. yeah week um and, and it was you still had the cough that whole time uh cough went away after about after about two weeks it was the temperature the temperature was the big one that would not yeah. go down uh the cough actually went away because i was drinking a lot of hot beverages um that yeah so peter recommended a a tea to me uh hot water honey and lemon, lemon and lime and it that really helped um it uh yeah after about 12 days i didn't have a cough anymore it was just the temperature was just right. staying up there above 38 most of the time it would it would drop a little bit in the evenings but it really didn't it really didn't ever go down properly wow gosh well listen it's it's great to hear that you guys have come out the other side and I'll tell you, well done, Teresa. I mean, it, it, you've done <laughs> quite a job. And um, Nick, uh, I, I tell you, 23 days respect. Yeah. I mean, you didn't choose to go into solitary confinement. That was, that's, Not that's upon yeah. anybody. I will say here, let me I'll say the one thing is it, we had a lot of support. I mean, I had, Peter was calling probably every day to make sure Nick was okay. Um, giving me advice, the Peter T became kind of, okay, when do you want your Peter T? Um, we had a lot of people. I mean, Ken, you brought a pie. I mean, it was, it was just, there was the community support was huge. And I was getting texts from, I mean, Judith and a lot of the keen players were writing Nick and keeping his motivation high. And that's what helped. I mean, it was keeping a balance between the physical side where we could help monitor it between the temperature and the meds and the things that we had to do to get him healthy. But mentally, he was still feeling like he was part of the group. He was still feeling the support and the love that he needed to kind of get him through the hurdle. And, and honestly, we couldn't have gotten through it without the community. It, yeah. Well, yeah. And he'd play video games with his friends and that's how he'd communicate. And, you know, I mean, I think from a, um, you know, it does take a village and it's, you know, Team Keen really did pull through for us as well. You know, not just our little like neighbors and things, but also we had a lot of an outrage. So I think that has to be um, and that was a big part for him, too, because I say, are you OK? Are you talking to your friends? So, yeah, yeah. The rowing club and I were talking and we've got our chat going. And and I think that helped him get over that bump, that big, huge hump of, yeah. of it. And it really made him motivated to get out. So, you know, he's like, I just went out of his room, which I didn't <laughs> blame him. Um, after it was 23 days on the Sunday night, he finally emerged and he's like, I want to go on a run. I'm like, you're not going on a run. <laughs> no, not going well, on. well, speaking of that, where, where are you, uh, Nick, as far as rowing? Um, so uh, per Peter's orders, I'm not allowed back yet, um, <laughs> yeah. sadly. <laughs> I would really like to be on, if not on the water, on an erg because of lockdown right now. Yeah. Um, but 
I've have been doing some recovery work. So I've been trying to get out at least uh, once a day to do a short 20 minute walk and I'll do running, not sprinting, running <laughs> uh, yeah, in short intervals. And I've been, I've been wearing a heart rate monitor and just measuring uh, where that is and been sending that to Peter. And, and yeah, and let, your lungs feel okay. Um, at first I went on a walk the next day, the, my first full day out of uh isolation and that was that was a lot more more than you think um but now it's a lot less a lot less uh physical it's, yeah yes yeah, they're basically fine now it's it's just building back up to the point where there's definitely no major problems so that when i'm getting back into the full full training i'm not injuring myself and putting myself out for even even more time which is the last thing i want to do good well gosh what do you think of that coach i'm I'm really proud of that the family i mean it's incredible the adversity that they've gone through um mum mum is just uh i mean i would love her in any crew you know, imagine mum mum racing totally dependable. You give her a race plan and she executes it just 100%. Um, and the whole family, you know, the, he is a, a product of a phenomenal parenting system. Um, I would recommend that you get a haircut, young man. Yeah, <laughs> it's that has been one of my um, one of my wishes since <laughs> since I get the garden shears out of yeah. isolation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's... well, you, 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 I can I can see you here. I know the listeners can't, but uh, yeah, I think your hair looks great. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it's slightly slightly seventies, but but that's good. Yeah, yeah. Dad, dad's is a bit more shiny, kind of like mine. Um, well, listen, thank you for sharing your story and um, and just huge respect for what you've gone through and accomplished together, and come out the other side smiling and telling your story. So uh, I don't know if any, you had any final comments, anyone? Um, not really. I mean, the, a lot of the major reasons why it was relatively, relatively easy. Uh, I mean, it wasn't short, but it was relatively uh, mentally easy was I had a lot of, I had a bit, pretty big support network when I was in isolation. I had a lot of people talking to me regularly. I had a lot of um, support from both my parents, obviously, Um yeah, every day. I, I can't imagine how hard it was must have been for my parents to have constantly have be cleaning everything, constantly be making me food, all, all of that. And yeah, it's yeah, I, I, I couldn't imagine doing it myself. Um yeah, it that was one of the the big things that helped me get through it, not just playing it safe, following the physical rules, you know, the medicine, making sure yeah. I'm all the symptoms are gone. I I think I wouldn't be in as good of a mental and physical state right now without a lot of that, with, with a lot, without a lot of that support network, because. Well, it's, that's beautiful, Nick. It's beautiful for you to say, and especially being a 15, almost 16 year old, uh, <laughs> recognizing your parents and other people. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. I'm the father of one of your friends. I know how uh, unnatural <laughs> that is. And so. <laughs> it was- um, it was a a hard, tough path to come to that revelation. But yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Ben, I've got a question for Nick. 
Yeah. Have you organised that meal for mum yet? Um, not quite yet. Um, I'm going to get around to it. I'm currently going through mocks and I don't, I don't have as much time as I would like to. Yeah. But there will be definitely be something, some gift of some sort at the very least come December. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. no, actually, Peter, my only payment was I just wanted lots of hugs when he got out because we weren't allowed to give him any hugs for oh, over yeah. a month and that just, or almost a month, and that was the pits. So yeah. I just told him that's my mommy tax and I'm taking it. So that's all I want. So. That's the mommy tax. Well said. <laughs> well, that's that's a good thing to, uh, to end on. Um, okay, uh, Peter, Nick, Jeff, Teresa, thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. you uh yeah stay safe everyone um thanks cheers thank you for listening to the team keen podcast visit us at teamkeen.com or find other episodes of this podcast on soundcloud.com forward slash team keen or wherever you listen to podcasts the original music by daniel duke jordan